This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Scars tell a story. And Jesus Christ in eternity will bear the scars that he died for you and I for all eternity. What a loving God. What a God who separates himself from the Godhead to die for us. Happy Sabbath, church family. Happy Sabbath to my EFAM. It is a pleasure to be here. I am incredibly excited to be worshiping with you today. We're culminating the, the today, our 10 days of prayer, our theme, priorities of faith. Can we just take a moment for those who have tuned in for over these days to thank the presenters who brought such well-timed and relevant messages for this period of time that we're living in, the perilous time that we're in, it, the time that we need to get ready because Jesus is coming soon. Some of the topics that were uh, covered, Pastor Gordon covered uh, divine calculation, and if you have not seen it, it's on YouTube, so you can go there and check it there. Um, the God who goes before us, on Sabbath, he preached on lessons from a simplified life. Principal Stevens on Monday covered grit, passion, and perseverance. And he talked about those boys, those three Hebrew boys who did not bow to Baal, who did not bow to a, a Babylonian system that wanted them to change their identity and to change their God. And how relevant it is for us in today's world that we are not bowing to the gods of this world and that in our home that we're building our altar the almighty god and no other god not baal not zeus not not ashtoreth not milcom not god of abortion not god of materialism but the one true god sister lourdes spoke on Wednesday and the attitude of gratitude and she referenced the text with the 10 lepers who Jesus healed and sent them to the temple but only one returned to say thank you and how significant it is for us as believers to show gratitude in everything and last night our dear elder Fred covered strength in unity until the end that we all need each other i'd like to give a big shout out to the prime minister team and sister angela smith sister smith if you could elder angela smith if you could stand up for spearheading this priorities of faith week of prayer i want to give thanks sister angela could you stand up Elder Fred, Sister Lourdes, and all the prayer ministry members, a gargantuan thank you to Addie the Incredible for her invaluable contribution to the, for, um, the media ministry, visual arts, praise and worship, all our uh, priorities of faith participants, our pastoral staff, Pastor Noel Rose, Pastor Kevin, and last but not least to you all those who joined us locally and virtually on behalf of the prayer ministry thank you for your prayers and for your support may god richly bless you another last but not least is to my husband joey thank you honey for your unending support and your love now if god has been extravagantly exceptionally extraordinarily good to you this week I want you to open your mouth and give him the highest praise praise God in the heavens praise him for his goodness praise him for his mercies praise him for his kindness praise him for his favor praise him for his protection praise him for his provision praise him for his deliverance 
Praise God. Just before the Christmas holiday, I received a text from a very special cousin in Jamaica. And he said, how's everything going with you, cuz? I'm here with my friend and he's telling me that you are one of the fastest girls back in the days when you were in high school doing tracks. That's so cool, LOL. Good to hear those things, LOL. Still kind of unbelievable. You see, back in the days, yours truly was a track star. A very successful track star. One year, I was awarded the champion girl for my school and for the whole parish of St. Anne. I was a 100 meter sprinter. I was fast. At my track meets, I could hear spectators behind me wagering, she's gonna win that race. And the race I did, without fail. I received so many white colored certificates, the white indicating first place that after a while, it became mundane to be first place. This flashback story brings me to the reality of all realities, which is we're all running a race that will determine our destiny. For believers, it is the amazing race, the race of faith. Our goal is heaven's crown. The most amazing thing about this amazing race is we will all be first place. And we will all receive the first place prize, the imperishable crown, the crown of eternal life, heaven's crown. In the book of Hebrews 10, verses 35 to 38, and I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible, so turn your Bibles with me. And I'm looking from the context of faith and running this race. The verses read, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising. So that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, respecting man's relationship to God and trust in him. And if he draws back, shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. The title of my sermon today is The Amazing Race, Heaven's Crown. Let us pray. Abba Father, I am so privileged to be your spokesperson. I am your blank white sheet of paper. Inscribe your words on my mind. Etch them on the canvas of my heart. Anoint these lips of clay to bring forth your glorious revelation illumination to infuse the minds of the hearers now and in perpetuity. Holy Spirit, invade this place, invade this atmosphere, fill us with your furious flood of fire, rest upon us, holy God. Reignite hope, trust, love, faith and confidence in us. Abba Father, I am yours. Here I am. Amen. You see, in these verses we just read, the anonymous author and Pastor Rose, I'm gonna postulate and say Paul. Paul here is employing a flashback technique 
to remind the Hebrews' hearers of a valiant past in which in earlier times, these Christians endured terrible sufferings, persecutions, and confiscations of their possessions. But they encouraged each other and remained steadfast in their faith, confidently looking forward to their heavenly inheritance. Perhaps at this point in time, they were faced with a new threat of persecution and was feeling persecution burnt out. They were tired and were wavering in their faith and Paul wanted them to look back and reminisce about their faithfulness in the midst of adversities and be encouraged to run this next leg of the race with confidence patient endurance and faith, knowing that Jesus is coming soon and he will not delay, but to fulfill his promise of bringing them into his eternal rest. Sometimes, family, you'll have to look back on those remembrance stones to see how the Lord has carried you through many storms and difficult seasons. To look at his faithfulness and goodness and see that he is a God who has a flawless track record. Because he is more than able and he's a good, good God. I could say good, 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 good like a DJ. Good, 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 good God. Good God. Good, good, way wide. Good, 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 good God. Good God. Yes. This promise rest is also for you and for me. And it is the reason we are running this amazing race of faith. To step over that finish line and receive heaven's crown. Family, now is not the time to veer off track or quit. You must stay on track. Stay in your lane, fix your focus on Jesus, and give it all you've got. Run with endurance, run with confidence, run in faith. We're now in the home stretch. Yes, we are in the home stretch. The home stretch is the last part of the race. That portion when you go on the track and you make that final corner and you're looking to see the finish line. We are in the home stretch. Heaven is in our view. I want you to get this. It's not how you came off the starting blocks. It's not how you ran the different legs of the race along the course of your life. You will encounter some obstacles on the track, some of which are engineered by God to perfect your faith so that you can see his face. Some of them, some of these obstacles are engineered by you. Unbelief, disobedience, procrastination. Think of all it, you can list them, enumerate them. And some of them are placed there by your arch enemy the devil, who wants you to be disqualified, to forfeit your prize, the crown of eternal life. He'll come at you and tell you you're not qualified. He'll come at you and tell you that you don't have what it takes. He'll come at you and sow doubts to say, God didn't say that. Did God really say that? Did God really say he made man and woman in his image? I'm sure we have other choices. Did God really say that? The race you run, you must know your identity in Christ. Before you crown the cervix of your mother, God had put a premium value on you and have given you identity. You are a champion. You are a child of God. You are an overcomer. You were destined to win. You were destined to excel. You were destined to dominate. Keep running 
What really matters is that you finish the race. Jesus Christ has already run the whole course of life for you. In Hebrews 2 verse 10, it said, It was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. I love how the Andrews Study Bible, the Andrews Bible Commentary puts it on page 1823. I quote, Jesus is the captain or pioneer who has passed over life's course of suffering and temptation. He's also the apostle of our faith who was sent to earth for us and the forerunner who has gone on ahead to the heavenly courts. Which brings me to the heavenly courts, the new Jerusalem, our long-awaited destination, heaven. You see, just before Jesus returned to heaven, he comforted his disciples with this promise recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Let me break this down a little bit. To shed some light on why the disciples were troubled, you would first need to rewind to John chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. Jesus had just broken the news that one, one of them would betray him. Two, Peter would deny him, not once, but three times. And three, the most crushing news, he was going away. This was symbolic of his death and his ascension. He wanted to prepare them for the strong headwinds that were coming their way. And that he was not going to be there in the flesh to be with them. Soon they would witness his betrayal and his arrest. They would witness his death sentenced by Pilate. They would witness him being viciously beaten by the Roman soldiers mocked by the crowd, and finally nailed to the cross. Whoa. Talk about heart turbulence. But he comforted them. Let not your heart be troubled. Keep the faith. Let not your heart be troubled. The word trouble in the Greek is terasso. It means distressed, anguished, in turmoil. Jesus was saying to them, trust me, have faith in me. You don't fully understand it now, but keep believing. Hold on to your faith in me. I will keep my promise. I will come back for you. In my father's house are many mansions. Where, where I am, there you may be also. Some of you have come here today with a troubled heart. Your heart broken over some personal and societal challenges. The loss of loved ones, health challenges, challenges on the job, challenges in your relationship, challenges in your marriage. You're stressed out about the ideological warfare in our society and truth and God's moral absolute, such as in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And as it pertains to his moral law, you're perturbed what you're seeing, that people are seeing moral relativism as opposed to moral absolute when Jesus said, those shall and those shall not. You're troubled over the crisis of faith you're witnessing in our nation where the name of God is being mocked, disrespected, and blasphemed by so-called prominent Christ followers. And the woke population who have now replaced God 
with worshiping the universe and have given credence to the universe. You're troubled by the geopolitical turmoil that is impacting global economies and their citizens. You're troubled about the mass migration of millions of people leaving their homelands for a better tomorrow. Some of them are believers like you and I. You're troubled about your uncertainty about your future, uncertainty about your family. But Jesus is saying to you, let not your heart be troubled. Trust me. Trust me. I know you're going to face some strong headwinds, but I am your headway that will create runways for groundbreaking favor over your life. I got you. Everything is going to be okay. I'm going to answer it all. Have faith in me. Endure a little longer. My child, I am coming back. Yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. In Revelation 21 verses 1 to 4, John the last of the remaining apostles says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepare as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Family, heaven is a promised reality. It is the ultimate fulfillment of the amazing race. That slogan that you keep hearing, the best is yet to come, you can take it to the bank, the best is yet to come. The new Jerusalem the capital of the new earth. Come with me in the theater of your mind and picture John's description of this amazing city called the New Jerusalem. In Revelation 21 verse 16, John described the city. He said the city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. It will be a massively sprawling city, laid out like a cube, a perfect square. The only description of a cube in the Bible can be found in 1 Kings 6 verse 20. And it describes the most holy place in Solomon's temple. You see, a furlong is 660 feet. If you calculate 660 feet times 1,500 miles, you get 990,000. So the city will be 990,000 high, 990,000 long, 990,000 in breadth. Engineers calculate that the heavenly city would be 2,250,000 square miles. This is a massive city. This means the new Jerusalem is larger than India which is nearly 2 million square miles. It is 20 times the size of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland combined. The height of the city is 990,000. Note, the city go well beyond Earth's atmosphere. 
You see, moving up from the ground level, there are different layers in Earth's atmosphere. And 250 to 435 miles, the exosphere of Earth's atmosphere. And then they move to, to between 300 miles and 600 miles are the weather satellites, the photography satellites. At 600 to 1200 miles, you have the spy satellites like Elon Musk SpaceX satellite. This city surpass all of that is 1500 miles in the year. So when you take that plane and the, 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 the pilot come over and tell you that, you know, when you get to 10,000 feet, you can take out your gadget and you get a 30,000 and 35 and it, it ascend to maybe level off at 38,000. That is so infinitesimal to a city that will be 990,000 in height. For argument's sake, if a building in the city is that high and has a generous 12 feet per story, the building would be 600,000 stories. It gets better. You don't need to worry about the 144,000 in Revelation 14 if it's a literal or symbolic number. This city can house billions of people. Billions with a B. Let me give you a moment to take that all in. It says in Revelation 21 verse 11, having the glory of God, her light, her sparkle was like of a most precious stone, like jasper stone, clear as crystal. I like how the Amplified Translation put it. It said, clothed in God's glory, in all its splendor and radiance, the luster of it resembles a rare and most precious jewel, like jasper, shining as clear crystal. A while ago, I heard on the news of a jeweler in India who broke the Guinness Book of World Record with a ring that contained 12,638 diamonds. Ladies, I know you want a diamond ring. Just put that in perspective. 12,638 diamonds. Picking up from verse 18 of chapter chapter 21, they said the city was pure gold like clear glass. The city has a great and high wall with 12 gates made of 12 pearls. Each gate is a pearl. And the names written on the, them were the 12 tribes, which is symbolic of the Old Testament saints. In verse 14, it said, the wall of the city has 12 foundations. And on them were written the name of 12 apostles of the Lamb, representing the New Testament saints, representing us. The Old Testament saints and the New Testament of saints are represented in the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem is closely linked to the church of God. In Ephesians 2 verse 20, it said, Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. In essence, Jesus is saying, while I prepare a place for you, I want you to run the amazing race, the race of faith to receive heaven's crown. I'm coming back. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. In verse 17 of Chapter 21, it said, the wall is 216 feet high, made of precious gem, jasper. The city was pure gold and transparent glass. In verse 19, it said, the foundations of the wall were adorned with all kinds of precious stone, jasper, sapphire, chalcedony, emerald, sardonyx, sardius, chrysolite, beryl, topaz, chrysopase, jacinth, and amethyst. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Heaven has gold for asphalt 
and pearls for gate. The city will be an exquisitely elegant cube shape, bejeweled cube. Transparent jewelry, unlike any jewels you have ever seen. The whole city is made up of jewels. It gets sweeter. In Revelations 22, Revelation 22 verse 5, it said, There shall be no night there. There need no lamp nor a light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light. And they shall reign forever and ever and ever. Are you getting excited? And they shall reign, and Kirk shall reign, and Pastor Mike shall reign, and Elaine shall reign, and Pastor Rose shall reign, and Joy shall reign, and Alex shall reign, and Donnelly shall reign, and Madison shall reign forever and ever. I don't see you getting excited. You shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever, and you shall reign forever, forever, forever. It's gate shall not be shut at all by day. Said in a Revelation 21 verse four, it said God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, no crying, there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. There will be no more funeral homes, there will be no more cancer, there will be no more hospitals, no divorce court, no bankruptcy court, there will be no addiction center, there will be no racial divide, there will be no class divide, there will be no injustice, there will be no wars, there will be no famine, there will be no riots, there will be no murder, there will be no suicide, there will be no crisis hotline, there will be no abuse, there will be no sin, there will be no curse, there will be no poverty there'll be no starvation there'll be no persecution there'll be no trial there'll be no tribulation there will be no more crime God shall wipe away every tear from their eye he said behold in 21 verse 4 behold I make all things new for the former things have passed away this present earth and heaven will be burnt up. So for those universe worshipers, I'm sorry for you, you're in trouble. Because the universe will be burnt up. Because God is going to make new. The former things will be past. And affliction will never rise again. Those who are running this race are not running it alone. We have to run it together. And a core, a, along the course of life, you will have those who will come alongside you, who are running alongside you. And I know for me, as a Christian, when I gave my life to Christ in 1998, I've had many to encourage me, some of whom are here. And I wanted to share with you, with some of those that I just want to highlight to say, you know, give God thanks for those he has put in your life. Recognize them, show them gratitude, and encourage them also in their faith. Sister Pearl was one of the first person when I came in this pulpit in 2010, my first time speaking in this church. She gave me a card that I keep in, in my dresser since 2010. She said, my dear Dion, I just want you to know how much I appreciate the message you brought to us from the Lord. Certainly God used you in a mighty way and I hope this is just the beginning of a new era for you in your service to him. God bless you now and always with service and appreciation, Pearl de Carmel. In 2013, when I had two automobiles accident, one in 2013 and on, one in 2014 when the enemy tried to kill me between five weeks of having a rollover accident on the 75 and having another accident where I almost died. In that week, I was having my devotion and I remember singing this song, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And that same week, someone sent me a text and said, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And Joanna Rita sent me a card that arrived Friday that week and it says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. I want to thank Kirk 
for always encouraging me. Sister Angela, Clover, my incomparable women's group that I pray with, my bestie who's over there, Susan, we've been friends for 29 years, my husband, my son in the back who keeps me on track, he's here today, give him some kind of welcome, yes. He don't want the attention on him, but yes, he's here today. Some who are even sleeping, Sister Marvel Jones, Sister Elaine Stevens, who are sleeping in the grave, waiting for their crown. You say, Jesus said, I will come again. Not like the Terminator, I'll be back. He says, I will come again, and I'm coming soon. In John 13, John chapter 14, verse 3, he said, I will come again and receive you. I will receive you that where I am. There you may be also. In Acts 1 verse 11, as the disciples stood there gazing, they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus who is taking up from you in heaven will come in like manner as you saw. In 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 16, 17, and 18, said, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Church, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. When I was a teenage girl and I want you young people to hear because God speaks to young people from a very very young age so sometimes you speak to them as little children but the Holy Spirit is impressing upon their minds I had a vision where God was coming I heard the trump of God I was around 15, between 15 and 17 years old. And this vision, I saw myself in my community at a familiar place where I had to walk to get the public transportation. And I remember when I was going, I could look because there was this um, development, there was this housing development that the sea was beyond. And I heard a sound in the heavens. It was a sound like no other sound. And the sound was a wooing sound. You hear Pastor Mike blow the shofar. And it was a long sound. It was like a sound and it was a long blast. And it goes And so every time it's a the earth would quake. The whole earth shook violently. It was, it was pressurized. And as it come closer, it just, the whole earth. And as I stood and I saw that, I saw all the clouds start to move like there was going to be a, a, a thunderstorm. And people started running. And they were like saying, a storm is coming. But I knew it was the coming of the Lord. And I was not ready. Thank God I'm here today. Thank God for second chances. Thank God for second chances. His glory is coming. His glory is coming. But serious things are about to unfold. I know many of you are having dreams as God has spoken to Joel too. That in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit. And I know many of you are having dreams. And the church of God is distracted. The church of God is distracted. The last, one of the last visions he have given me, it was 2022, the day after Thanksgiving. I was waking up and somehow he has a familiar way of bringing me to familiar places in my childhood. And was back home in Jamaica in my community. And there was a time in the morning when an angel will come in the middle of the sky with a golden trumpet and he would blow the trumpet. This angel was happy because it was announcing that Jesus was coming. It was happy. I got even to see the intricate embroidery, the sparkling under the angel's um, um, garment. And so I came and, and, and I was sharing within the, in, to those in the church because in my dream I saw that. Because after the angels left, Jesus came and I saw him in his high priestly robe from his waist up. And he was happy. 
I don't know. I've never seen happiness like that. I've never seen that expression anywhere. He was bursting at the seams with delight. He was happy to come back for his church. He was just beaming and beaming and beaming. And so when I came here to the church to share with my brothers and sister, I know Alex Graham, I won't mention the other person. Alex Graham was one of the persons I came and he was curious to know. But the other person who was more of a a young adult, more adult, They were distracted. And it was not. God wasn't showing me as the person. He's showing me two sets of people in the church. And some of us are so caught up with our careers. We're so caught up with so many things. We're distracted because when I told that person about the dream, they said, I have to take my daughter to a rehearsal. Can you tell me later? The church of God is distracted. Jesus is coming and he's happy. He's happy and he wants you to be ready. He said, I go to prepare a place and I'm coming back. I am coming back. You, the church, ought to get excited. Jesus is coming back. So I comfort myself because I know I can taste heaven. I know I can see heaven. So I go over to Vicky Winans and Sandy Patty and said, we shall behold him. The sky shall unfold, preparing his entrance. The stars shall applaud with thunders of praise. The sweet light in his eyes shall enhance those awaiting and we shall behold him face to face. I go over to Mr. Alvin Slaughter and I said, I hear a sound of a mighty Russian wind and it's closer than it's never been. I can almost hear the trumpet and Gabriel sound the chord at the midnight cry, we will go home. I go over to Michael English and he said, I bow on my knees. I dream of a city called glory, so bright and so fair. When I entered the gates, I cried holy. The angels all met me there. They carried me from mansion to mansion. And on the sights I saw, I said, I want to see Jesus, the one who died for me. I want to jump to Tremaine Hawkins, said, going up yonder. If you want to know where I'm going, where I'm going soon, if anybody asks you where I'm going, where I'm going soon, I'm going up yonder, I'm going up yonder, I'm going up yonder, I'm going up yonder, I'm going up yonder. At times you hear me when I come here to pray and I want to feel the awe of God. I go over to Ezekiel 1 where he talks about God's guardian shirt. The fire of God. When it talks about the holiness of God. In Ezekiel 1 verse 26 to 28. It talks about the throne of God. That the throne of God is a sapphire throne. That he saw one with an appearance from his waist up. It was like burning fire. It was like sapphire. It would rainbow. When in the, and then from his waist down. It was like consuming fire all around it. You go over to Isaiah 6. And you saw Isaiah saw the Lord in his temple with his train he's the king of kings who has a train that filled the temple that filled the temple that filled the new Jerusalem and Isaiah when he saw it he said woe is me for I am undone but the angels took a live coal from the altar of incense and placed it on his lip and they hear the angels in heaven crying holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty. You go over to Revelation 4 and the 24 elders and all the host of heaven bow down and say holy, holy, holy. In Hebrews 12 it said that we today plantation, we don't come to earthly Mount Zion. We come to the heavenly Jerusalem where innumerable counts of angels, thousands and thousands. John said 10,000 and 10,000. 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million. When John saw them, he stopped counting. He said thousands and thousands. So we come to holy Mount Zion when you come in this place to worship the God and creator of the universe. Praise the Lord, our supreme and our God. He says, 
In Corinthians 15, verse 51, verse 53, we love to re repeat this at the funeral. <laughs> but it's for us. He said, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trump of God will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. Are you ready for your change? Are you ready for your change, um, church? In John 1, John 3, verse 2, he said, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. And it doth not appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him we shall be like him for we shall see him face to face church of the living god god's ultimate plan when the fall happened when god stepped in the breach is for you to restore eden in you to restore that face-to-face -face communion god and man that's why jesus is the only one who's going to be in heaven to bear the scars to say this is what i paid for you to bring you back into relation to restore you to perfection this is what i've done get ready for takeoff church get ready for takeoff elon Musk and NASA have nothing on you. They're practicing test flights that will take man's to space that will cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you have an all expense paid ticket reserved by the heavens of heaven. Brother Paul described it as the third heaven. It won't be long. It won't be a long trip. John heard a voice said, come up here and immediately he was there the holy city the new jerusalem he said behold behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people god himself will be with them and will be their god emmanuel will be with you god with us god with us god will be with his people and tabernacle with his people behold I come quickly hold fast that you have not that you what you have that no one may take your crown revelation 3 verse 11 church of the living God the priorities of faith is to get right with God to get right with God to set your house in order and while you're setting your house in order to go and tell the good news to tell the good news sister white says that we should proclaim the proclamation of Christ coming should now be as when made by the angels to the shepherds of Bethlehem good tidings of great joy those who really love the Savior cannot but hail with gladness the announcement founded upon the word of God that he in whom their hopes of eternal life are centered is coming again not to be insulted despised and rejected as it as at his first advent but in power and glory to redeem his people and this is heaven a book her book called heaven page 15 as I close Jesus said behold I come quickly blessed is he who keeps the word of this prophecy of this book everyone who believes purify himself revelation 3 verse 6 make God the priority of your life get this when you prioritize God God prioritize you run this race run it with excellence run it with endurance finish well finish strong heaven's crown is waiting Amen. Please stand with us as we imagine what heaven will be like.
thank you, Jesus. I'm longing for home. How about you? Tired of this world. There is nothing that in this current life that is a substitute for heaven. Nothing that I am not willing to give up to be there. I'm longing for heaven. How about you? I believe the word of God and I believe God. You're here today, not yet made that decision for him. I'd like to include you in this prayer. Perhaps you got distracted. Perhaps you got derailed. But today, by the grace of God, you want to get back on track, just raise your hand where you are. He sees your hand. God bless you. But more importantly, he sees your heart. He sees your heart. Heaven will be worth it after all. I want to be there, but I want my family to be there. I want my boys to be there. I want my siblings to be there. And I want to be used by God to do all that I can to encourage them along the path. In prayer, Father, we thank you for the preacher today. We thank you for her faithfulness to the word. We thank you for the certainty of your word. We declare and affirm today that there is no experience we can have on this earth that will be a substitute for that which you've gone to prepare for us. Father, forgive us for those times when we have made other things and other people the priority. Forgive us. For those who have been distracted, Lord, may you bring heaven back into view. For those who have been derailed, may you bring them back on track. And so we pray for that person that even now as you, Holy Spirit, do only what you can do, they will come to know the joy, the joy of full surrender. Uh, we leave this place, this space, but never from your presence. We leave here knowing that amidst the challenges and, and the trials and the buffeting that we will face, we leave here knowing that there is a better place by and by. We leave here knowing that regardless of our current circumstances, that our future is secured in you. We leave here with that full confidence. Go with us, be with us, use us for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Affirm the word to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor to the right and say, neighbor, I plan to be in heaven. How about you? No, no, talk to the other neighbor. Say, other neighbor, I plan to be in heaven. How about you? God bless you. God bless you. The, the praise team is going to have the afterglow. You can come and join them. And there will be those of us meeting you at the door as you go. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seven-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.